Just before I, I lead in the sermon and we'll have the Bible readings, when we were praying before the service up in the prayer room, I had the impression that I'd, I'd missed something today. And so I'm just going to pray before I, uh, I speak. Let's pray. Lord God, may I be led by you, but also I pray for each one here that whatever I miss as a message from you, that you will bring to them, perhaps through the words, maybe through the pictures, through the songs, through the communion. Lord God, we don't want to miss anything that you have for us this morning. Or maybe you've already spoken to us. Help us to hold that, Lord, and to cherish that, and to be moved by that. Amen. Amen. On your chairs today, there's a number of, uh, of things. There's about the library. There's also a lookout um, uh, from our synod. And, uh, and on it, it'll be a face familiar to some of you, unfamiliar to others. She was uh, a member here at, uh, at Thomas Risley, and you can read about that, her story. And she's now uh, a minister in, uh, in one of the other churches in Warrington. You'll also find this. These were given out at the church meeting the other week. Um, and please take it away with you. They're meant to be used, uh, as is uh, this as well. Have our first slide, please. Vision for Life is a project of uh, the United Reformed Church, of um, the National Church, and we're now in the third year of it. And it's this year is transformed for evangelism. Last year was about by the Bible, sorry, prayer. The year before it was uh, the Bible. Uh, I should have should know that. And uh, Sally, the other minister here, was. Um, was uh, part of the original group that set this up and still is part of that group where lots of the leadership of the National Church got together. Thank you. I was part of the group that produced this booklet and the intention is to just introduce the idea of evangelism. You know, evangelism going out and, uh, and sharing something of the, the gospel, something of the, the, the good news. And it's meant to just be an introduction. It's not um, uh, meant to go into everything, but just an introduction and based largely on story. Thank you. Because we recognized that for some people, evangelism is a bit of an odd word. Either they don't know what it means... Or if they do know what it means, they're scared by it because they think they know what it means. And there may be lots of different reactions, some negative, some positive. Thank great, we can go out to the carnival field next week and, and show people we're not, we're not scared, we're not embarrassed. And because the Christian faith is such good news, good news for, for so many people. And we want to share that. Thank you. And God's heart is for evangelism. I'll just quote one verse there, John 3.16. I know Brian's been leading the youth group a lot in trying to get them to learn this. 
let's move on to the next slide. And um, perhaps we'll all like to say this together, this, uh, this verse. Shall we say together? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What a great verse from the Bible. Something of, of God's heart. Thank you. It also mentioned uh, three stories from Luke 15. The lost sheep. Anybody know what the lost sheep's about? I'll give you a clue. It's about a lost sheep, yes. <laughs> what happened in the story of the lost sheep? Anybody know? Yes? Brilliant. Thank you, uh, Jenny. There was, uh, there was 100 sheep, one went missing, and, uh, and he went out and searched for the lost. And that's God's heart. It's not that lots of people know about him, so he's not too bothered. He bothers about the one that's lost. And we should have a mind like that. The lost coin, anybody know what that's about? I'll give you another clue. It's about a lost coin, yes. Anybody? Well, I'll tell you then. It's uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, yes. We didn't find too many coins, though, did we? Somebody lost a coin, and they searched and they searched and searched and found it. Prodigal son Sally preached on this a fortnight ago. So uh, this is about people who uh, who move away from God, but then come back to God. And this is to be encouraged. This is to be rejoiced. This is to be helped in. This is God's heart for evangelism which we should share. Thank you. But sometimes we see evangelists in, in wrong ways, like um, this uh, is a dodgy car salesman, and you know, you can trust me on this. And, and to be an evangelist, we sometimes mistakenly think we have to be a bit, uh, a bit sly and a bit sneaky and trying to sell something that's not real. Christian faith is real, and, and we just tell the truth. We just tell... Um, uh, as it is. Thank you. Well, sometimes we put off, because this is Billy Graham here, and, um, uh, and over in, uh, in Latvia, you know his son, Franklin Graham, don't you, who's done a, just done a mission out there. Billy Graham's now an old man, but in his prime, very powerful speaker and uh, a powerful evangelist. And sometimes we feel we need to be like Billy Graham, know all the answers, be really skilled. That's not true. That's not um, uh, that we haven't got to be like that. Thank you. Or maybe we think an evangelist, we need to stand on the street corner and say the end is nigh on May the 21st, perhaps, which um, uh, was what Harold Camping said. He's now admitted he got it wrong and it's now the 21st of October. Um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, and, and sometimes we're embarrassed about all of that and... Um, but we haven't got to uh, stand on there. I mean, at Birchwood Carnival, we won't be there with a, with a placard. We may be handing out things, but we'll be chatting to people. We'll be, be just sharing something of, uh, of the, the story. Thank you. Because in this book, who's the, the evangelist there? Who's sharing with who, do you think? The lady or the man? Yeah, you're right because nobody knows the answer, because it could be either of them, and perhaps both of them, just sharing something of their story of perhaps 
of faith or about questions. And it's, it's as simple as that, just sharing, sharing stories is a great way to start. So let's move on, thank you, to, um, uh, to uh, Philip's story. And uh, I think Andy's going to... Oh, Andy's... <laughs> Ethan's helping Andy. Oh, Ethan's not happy. Ethan and Andy will, uh, will read the, the story. This is about Philip, and it's something of his story. Now, this is Philip the Evangelist. There's two Philips in the New Testament. One is, is Philip the disciple of, uh, of Jesus, and we can read about his call. It's not that Philip. This is uh, the Evangelist. And so Ethan's helping there. I better be quick. I won't say any more. Off you go, Andy. Listen. The reading is Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. The choosing of the seven. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. (laughs) Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to the prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Ethan. Not, hoping not to distract from, uh, from this, but uh, it reminds me of when James, my son James, who is not here, he was about Ethan's age and I was there leading a holiday club with some tracksuit bottoms on <laughs> as he pulled, pulled on his dad's trousers, which was um, deeply embarrassing. But um, Yes, I did instantaneously just, um, yes, it can be distracting, yes. Thank you, Cohen. Don't have that image in your mind. Listen to the story, okay? The, uh, the story, the, uh, the problem, this is in the early church, the church was just starting and the people in need were being neglected, which was wrong. But the apostles, they wanted to concentrate on their ministry of preaching and teaching. And there were signs of discontent and so they had a solution. They'd find some people to take responsibility for those practical aspects of the faith. But they didn't just choose somebody, oh, they're good at that. They prayed about it. And they chose people full of the spirit and wisdom. It's an important spiritual gift to be able to help people practically, not to be undermined. And the result, the word of God spread. And that's an important aspect 
of evangelism. Yes, please, Colin. See, the Spirit of God came in or within Philip and the others, resulting in a fruit or a change of character in their relationship. They were able to serve other people. And that's true for each one of us. And perhaps as we come to communion, you'll, you'll just invite the Holy Spirit to come in to, to help you to, to do the tasks that he wants you to do. And it may be getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning to come down here and, and manhandle chairs and the like. It may just be a, a practical thing, but that's okay. Let's move on. See, this is good news in action. And at church we try and do this. We try and uh, provide some good news in, in action. And the, the new logo we've got there with the TR and then the dots there, just to remind you or tell you that this is, the red dots are meant to be uh, the, uh, the Christians, uh, roughly about 7%. There's seven dots there. You can count the number of dots. There should be 100 in total. And uh, the, those seven and we're part of that if we're Christians, uh, are in the world in all sorts of different places and that's where we can serve God. And sometimes it's in the practical ways in which we can be there and, uh, and help. Thank you. So at Thomas Risley Church, we're aiming to help people but also to equip each one of us, for when we're going out through the week in whatever we do in work or, or in the home or in the community, to be able to be the people that we're meant to be. And like Philip was there to serve, we can be there to serve. Thank you. It was my birthday last week. Did you know? It was yours, was it, as well last week? Sorry, we should have sang. This is actually two years ago when I was uh, 50. Do you know how old I am now, therefore? And uh, this is a group of, uh, of my school friends who were, we didn't have to hide our age from each other because we were all at school together. We went off um, to uh, the Peak District as we used to do when we were friends. And when I was a teenager, these knew my story. Some of them were involved in that, in how I became a Christian. Some of them helped, and, uh, and they, they would know that part of the, my story. Thank you. This is just an aside, by the way, just a, a funny sign I saw. This way to toilets, and then it's got disabled facilities in treetops. <laughs> it just seemed odd. <laughs> I think treetops was the name of the cafe, but um, it was just, that's just a... Pure aside, I'm distracting you again. Thank you. But what's, what's your story? They know my story, I know my story. What's your story about your faith journey? Maybe you're just starting out on that journey. Maybe you're well on the, on the way. Who helped you in that process of faith? Give thanks for those people, that person. It may have been in that practical way, just showing you some kindness. Rejoice that people evangelized to, uh, to you. Let's move on with Philip's story, as Rona's going to read to us. What happened uh, then, the church was going well, and then there was great persecution 
Stephen, who was uh, one of those chosen to do the practical things, was stoned to death because of his faith. Great persecution. And we pick up the the reading um, uh, after that point. I'm reading from Acts 8, verses 1 through to 13. The church persecuted and scattered is the title of the first part. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen, and they mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women, and he put them in prison. Philip in Samaria. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he, was, he said. And with shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Simon the Sorcerer. Now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city, and, all, and they amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man has the divine power known as the great power. They followed him because he had amazed them for such a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Just again, listen to that story. It was time for a change that Philip was just involved in the practical stuff. But then there was a new location because of the persecution. But that turned out to be a positive thing. There was a new role within the kingdom of God for him. He proclaimed Jesus Christ. No longer was he just dealing with the the practical things, but now he's dealing with a message. He was also dealing with miracles the miraculous signs of God's kingdom. And people paid attention. People believed and were baptized. And there was that strange story about Simon the sorcerer who had picked up about the Holy Spirit but had got it a bit wrong. He came round as well with good teaching. And I think this is where the, uh, the real power of evangelism comes in when we're open to the Spirit's leading and there's a practical stuff, but there's also the, the spiritual stuff, the preaching and the, the teaching and the, the miracles that God can do, just praying. And Philip embodied both. And we can embody both. It's not an either-all, but a both-and. 
I think be encouraged in this. Sally, you've brought me a note. Would you like to share it? As I mentioned, I felt I'd, I'd missed something, and maybe Sally's picked something up. Well, I, I may have finished. <laughs> See how long <laughs> you take. It was just I was listening um, when Andrew was speaking, and um, I'm, I'm familiar with this passage, and it's the idea that... Um, Philip started off doing the practical stuff and then they laid hands on him and um, he um, received the Holy Spirit and um, they thought that he'd just be able to shine the tables up a bit better but actually he did a lot more didn't he? He went out and there was this and it was partly because he'd had hands laid on him and and he was spiritually equipped that he went out but it's also to do with um, the persecution that actually happened and it was kind of the ill wind blew no good in this or blew some good in the sense that um, that because of the persecution, everybody was scattered, and then he had to do a better role than actually just doing the practical stuff. He, he did the spiritual stuff as well. But it was just that um, uh, that Andrew was saying about missing something. And I just was aware that there are a lot of people here who've actually had some kind of spiritual experience in the sense that, that God's touched them, which is why it's lovely to see new people here. Um, and um, also older people here and people who've been here more regularly who perhaps God has touched them and blessed them um, in some way in the past or perhaps more recently and it just struck me that um, a bit like the kind of scattering and persecution that you may have received from God you may have been blessed by God um, even up till recently but maybe that there has been the kind of kickback in the sense that after the blessing that Philip received, then there followed persecution and was kind of this brilliant thing that was happening to the church and then there was hassle. And I think um, when we remember Jesus at his baptism received the Holy Spirit upon him and then he went out into wilderness and it was like the kind of kickback period. And I just wondered whether there were people here who'd had brilliant stuff that actually led them to be here even just recently um, and maybe they're suffering a bit of a kickback. Um, that, that stuff may be going wrong and things may not be brilliant and wonderful. And I just put here on my note, possibly, some recently have felt the touch or the blessing or the filling of the Holy Spirit, but maybe they're now, rather like Philip was, struggling maybe because of the persecution, because of trouble. And just to say that um, being one of the 7%, you know, you may have put your head above the parapet and said, I'm going to church. Oh, yes, I'm going to believe in God. But being one of the 7% isn't, an easy ride being one of the seven percent actually brings persecution brings troubles brings challenges and just maybe today it might be good um, perhaps as we receive communion perhaps as we pray to um, pray for a fresh infilling a fresh blessing and, and the equipping if you like Philip had the equipping to do more than lay tables didn't he maybe for some of us here who've been received from God enough to actually be here for the first time even today um, or more recently um, just to be here, that uh, maybe we need to pray for people that when that kickback comes of being one of the 7%, God actually equips and empowers them and gives them that strength to carry on and, and go to the next stage with God. Thank you, Sally. That may be what I was feeling that I'd, uh, I'd missed, or there may be other things. Colin, we won't continue with the presentation. Yes, I have finished uh, now, Sally. It's important to listen to God. And uh, I also got the impression that maybe in Philip's story there was that terrible incident with his friend Stephen being stoned to death. And, and there may be people who are, who are just feeling that sort of sense that there's something that's perhaps gone wrong in their lives. That, and uh, as we come to our, our song before communion, Let's just be aware that we can come before our great God 
as Philip came before the same God and that we can meet together in communion, we can meet together in, uh, in song and in prayer and just let, let God speak to us.